Welcome to this week's Energy Show. Today we're talking about what you do if you already own a rooftop solar system. So this is for people that have had solar on their roof for a while, and, and, and I'm just going to talk about some tips and experiences that I've had operating and maintaining systems over the past 15 years. So first of all, uh, pat yourself on the back. You should be proud. Maybe you were the first person on your block to get solar. Maybe you got solar after you saw a neighbor putting it in. But you should definitely... Tell your friends and neighbors, if you're having a good experience, you have a good experience, everything's working, and you're saving money, tell them about how great solar is. There, there's just, uh, I, I think that the penetration of residential solar in the U.S. is about 1%. There's a million homes in the U.S. with solar, and that, you know, that's, that's pretty amazing. It's terrific. And, uh, you know, almost everybody is saving money. There's a, almost no excuse not to be saving money with solar on your roof unless you made a mistake and you really, really overpaid for the system. But that won't happen if you shop around. So congratulations on getting solar and congratulations on doing your part to improve the environment and really help the, the economy. There's over 210,000 people working in the solar industry. It's the fastest growing industry in the country. And, you know, as I mentioned, 1% penetration, you know, only a million homes. We got a lot of rooftops to cover with solar, so lots and lots of growth. So today we're talking about what happens when you've already got a system. We're not going to talk about the solar panels or the technology or the inverters. You've got something. It's on your roof. It's working. If you have any questions, issues, you'll have a, a local installer or a national installer who's going to support you um, and support that system for the long haul. And these systems are really designed for that long haul. They're designed to work for 25 years. The solar panels themselves, every single one on the market has a 25-year warranty. There's no moving parts. It's not like something has to, has to be fixed, uh, not something that's going to wear out. The electronics on the systems are usually guaranteed for 10 to 25 years. 25 years for microinverters, 25 years for optimizers. Those inverters, if you may have one on the side of your house that convert from DC to AC, they're typically warranted, guaranteed to operate for 10 or 15 years. And then after that, they may need to be replaced. But even though there's almost no maintenance, it doesn't mean that you could ignore your system. Things will still happen. And I've been fixing systems, maintaining systems, learning about, uh, you know, sometimes there's manufacturing or, or installation defects and just really keep, just seeing what, what it's going to take for these things to work for 25 years. And, and I'll tell you what some of my observations are. I mean, first, kind of going down the list, these string inverters, those inverters on the side of your house, I mentioned that they, they last for 10 years and then they stop working and you got to get that fixed. Not that big a deal. It's usually just a, a pretty easy swap out uh, an installer is going to come by, take a look at the inverter, see what the model is, make sure it's not working, make sure that it can't be repaired. Usually if it's out of warranty, it, it's just replaced. Order a new one, put it in, you're up and running in a week. Much more common is the panels get dirty. It depends on where you live. We're going to talk about that more in a little, a little while. Other things that happen, the wires sometimes sag. They weren't clipped on properly or there might have been some plastic zip ties that wore out. Or you might have squirrels or pigeons underneath. The squirrels sometimes like to eat the wires, and this especially happens when you have trees near your roof, or you might have pigeons making nests under the roofs. And, and what I've seen happen around here in, in San Jose and also other parts of the country where we've done installations, pigeons like to make nests underneath solar panels 
when they're installed on barrel tile roofs. There's these nice little gaps for the pigeons to to fly in and make a nest, and it's a real pain in the neck, and you got to get rid of them. And and not only do you have to get rid of them once they're gone, you have to put in these things called pigeon screens. Squirrels also like to live underneath solar panels. I've never seen squirrels on the roof if there weren't trees that were near the house. So squirrels love to get up onto a roof if there's a branch hanging on the roof or if there's a tree nearby. Um, I'll tell you, if you have solar and if you've got that uh, shortcut highway for one of those squirrels or the family of squirrels to kind of get up onto your roof by jumping from a tree to a branch to your roof, pretty good chance that they're going to start uh, taking up residence underneath one of your solar panels. And and you don't want that because they can they can bite the wires. So so just easy to avoid. Make sure there's no overhanging limbs or trees. If you have have a pigeon problem, you're going to have to put in screening. Doesn't go away. And so th- those are some of the things that happen. But you know what's kind of interesting? And, and the, the most common service call in the rooftop solar industry relates to the monitoring on your system. So the, the monitoring fails temporarily, almost always. It, there's an internet interruption. There might be some interference with, with some of the electronics in the house. Your ISP may drop out for a while. You may change modem you know, cable to, to DSL providers. And, and the, the monitoring drops out, and then suddenly there's this issue with that your solar system's not working. I can almost guarantee 99.9% of the time the solar system is working just fine, 100% fine. It's just that the monitoring doesn't know it's, it's working, and then it just you know, sends out a message that, um, hey, I got a problem. So we can talk about that more in a minute. But the main things that I want to focus on are really the tips to, to, for, for things that you want to do every month or so. You know, just kind of keep an eye on it. It's kind of like the maintenance you do, you do on your car. You just make sure that there's none of those idiot lights going on and make sure the tires are, are topped off. Just general tips and procedures. And the goal that we're going to talk about is, is for you to achieve your maximum net savings. And when I talk about that, that's the savings you get from generating your own electricity minus some of the maintenance costs. So I, I, I don't want you to do just maintenance for maintenance sake. And here's an example. Here's why. Because we have some customers who really, really like to keep their solar panels clean. And they wash their panels every four months. And you know, it's a two-story roof, a big system. It, it's $150 for us to send out a, a, a trained crew and, and using safety equipment to wash those panels. So, you know, during the year, they might spend $450 washing their panels. Now, if they're in an area where it, it rains regularly, those panels are going to stay, rel- stay relatively clean. So their net savings from cleaning the panels regularly, keeping them you know, scrupulously clean, might be $200. But they set, spent $450 to wash them. So they're really not saving. They have clean solar panels. The solar panels are probably very happy. But they're not really saving money. So, so these are things that you want to look at if the panels are really dirty, dusty. Here we are. We're in San Jose, California. There's a drought. It's, it's dusty. There's an accumulation of dirt on the panels. And you really might see a, a degradation in output of, of 15 or 20% by midsummer. 
and and then it's a good time to send somebody out to wash those panels and and you can definitely save some money if you're in areas where you've get you got regular rainstorms you know let's say east coast new jersey new york massachusetts it's going to rain every week or so and and every few weeks you're going to have a really big heavy downpour I'll tell you those heavy downpours when you get a lot of rain they do the best job out of anything to clean the panels the 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 cleaning is very gentle the water is soft after that rainstorm, you look at those panels, they're, they're like almost, they're almost new. So you don't necessarily need to spend money to wash your panels if it's raining regularly. Okay, so we talked about some of the, the cleaning and making sure that you've got some of these net savings. Most of the things that you got to do are very easy. Here's the one thing is easy to do is just make sure that there's the green LED, green light on your inverter display. The, uh, all inverters have a, it's usually like green, red, or yellow. As long as it's green, you're doing great. You can also just sometimes check to see if the heat sink on top of the inverter is warm. So, you know, on a sunny day, that, that inverter is going to be cranking along. And there's a little bit of heat dissipated. And these inverters run, I think, at like 96% efficiency. So if they're putting out 5,000 watts, there's 200 watts of, of heat that's dissipated. And, and um, that's, that's going to mean that heat sink's a little warm. You can check. So that, that should be warm. But look for that green light. Look at the monitoring reports if you have monitoring. Now, most people do have monitoring. They'll have a service. And uh, you'll get a regular email telling you what the output of the system is. You'll get regular reports. Sometimes you might get alerts that there's a problem. Most people don't get the alerts because the monitoring alerts themselves are, are mostly false, false alarms. But take a look at those monitoring reports. And if your inverter is more than 10 years old, 10 or 15 years old, it's, it's going to be time to replace it. And you should not be surprised if, if the, the red light goes on or if there's just no lights, no nothing. And that's, that's when it's time to, to get that thing replaced. Now, what I've, what, I've, what I've found is typically in the solar industry, the inverters have been lasting about twice as long as their warranty period. So the, the systems that we put in in 2001, 2002, 2003, they had five-year warranties on the inverters. Those inverters lasted 10 years. I've replaced most of the ones for, from those early days. The inverters that are getting installed now typically have warranties of 10 to 12 years. So that means that you can realistically expect, on the average, about 20 to 25 years of service out of that inverter. And you can also get extended warranties and things like that. So if you have a relatively new inverter, you know, it, it, it shouldn't fail. And the good thing is, if it does fail under warranty, that's not going to cost you a penny. The installer will come out and, and get that thing repaired. And the inverter company will reimburse the installer for the labor. So there's no real hassle for the installer. It takes a little bit of time, but they're, they're not out money and, and you're going to get that fixed quickly. The, the microverters and optimizers, they're all pretty much 25 years. So the, the, um, the, the very unusual for those things to go out. All right. So the, those inverters just kind of keep an eye on it. Now I mentioned monitoring and, and with the monitoring, you get a lot of false alarms. These are, these are false negatives that says like, Oh, there's a problem, but there's really not a problem. What happens is the monitoring system itself may think it's not working. So it sends out a message that there's something wrong. And, and almost never is there really anything wrong. It's almost always a communication problem. And there's two kinds of communication problems 
that you have on rooftop solar system monitoring. And this applies really for all kinds of all systems. All the systems that, that we've been installing at Cinnamon Solar going back like to 2009 and, and most other installers, we're installing systems that have panel-by-panel panel monitoring, either with microinverters or with optimizers. So we know what's happening with every single panel. But that also means that there's separate monitoring for every single panel. So if the monitoring flakes out, on one panel because of some kind of interference in, in the house. That, and that's usually temporary. Uh, maybe four panels won't be reporting. And the monitoring system's going to say, oh, the four panels aren't reporting, go check into it. Well, I, I'll tell you, I've seen everything from electric toothbrushes to new fluorescent lights to people changing power strips to you know, making other changes within the house that cause these temporary interference problems. And, and what installers do just through experience is, they, they will look at it, and they'll be patient, and they'll say, you know, really, if this persists for a few days, then we'll take care of it. But otherwise, it's going to kind of correct itself. So sometimes you have interference between the solar panel itself and your Internet gateway, the, the router, the place where you've got some electronics plugged in. And then sometimes you have a, 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 a different kind of communication problem. It's a communication problem between your Internet gateway. You know, that's what you got all your gadgetry plugged into and the cable modem or the, the DSL or, or your internet connection, your phone service. So th those are the two levels of, of problems between the panels and the gateway and then between the, the gateway and the, the server, the, the internet service. Now, the, there's a lot of systems that have been installed more recently that use cellular communication. And that's, that's really nice because you no longer have the issue of oh, my home router broke or I changed my internet service provider or somebody plugged in some gadget in the house that's interfering. The cellular services are typically more reliable, tiny bit more expensive because there's a, a, a tiny monthly charge, but that's that's lumped in, so you really won't see that. I kind of like those because you, you basically have cut the cord, cut that wire, and that's just one less thing to, to fail. Now, what happens when you get these false alarms on monitoring is that they almost always self-correct. The interference goes away. You, you'll, you'll go and find out what got unplugged. You might want to you know, move a power strip around or, or put it back the way the installer had originally installed it. And, and then the, the systems are working again. So what most installers do is, is when, and I suggest you do this too, is if you have a monitoring problem, watch it for a few days. Don't, like, you know, run run up the flagpole and say, hey, there's this big problem. Just watch it for a few days and then also try and figure out what changed. Most commonly what changes is if, if there's some kind of interference and it doesn't go away, most commonly what changes is there's a, a, a gateway box or something plugged into the wall of your house at a certain outlet, electrical outlet, and that, that, that gateway was plugged into a different outlet, either an outlet in a different room or into a power strip, then into the outlet. And that kind of uh, sometimes causes that interference. So, uh, but if the problem certainly persists, um, definitely contact your installer. And, and you, could, you can also usually see if, if some of the panels are still working, some of the, the monitoring is still working, pretty, pretty assured that the rest of it's working. It's extraordinarily uncommon for one out of 20 or 30 panels to really stop working. Extraordinarily uncommon. I think I might have seen it like four or five times over the past 10 years. So that, that's just because these things are, are, are so reliable. So, um, but nevertheless, if it does persist, definitely contact your installer. So 
you talk about watch, watching your monitoring. Watch your monthly electric bill. So that's an easy thing to do. And everybody, this, this is probably the easiest way for people to say, hey, is my system working or not? Just keep an eye on your bill. Compare it to the previous months and compare it to the, the previous month in the previous year. So, you know, look at what June was this year compared to June last year. And you can kind of get an idea. It should be about the same in terms of kilowatt hours. I'll get back to that, get back to that in a minute. Obviously, there's going to be small differences in the amount of solar that's generated year by year just because of cloud cover or or temperature. These systems are very sensitive to temperatures. (laughs) Ironically, you may find that you get less solar energy on really hot summers than a cool summer. And, and, and you kind of keep an eye on that. So that you got some, you may have very cloudy, uh, cloudy months and, um, that, in that month and that year, your output's going to be lower. And then also, since your electric bill looks at your net consumption, the the what goes on in your house in terms of the amount of electricity you're using, that also fluctuates. You may go on vacation. You may have bought a, an electric vehicle. Um, the weather might be very warm in, in one month and you run a lot of air conditioning. Or the weather might be very cold in the winter. And uh, you ran the heating system a lot, and that heating system has a big fan, and your electric rate goes up. So um, you got to watch your consumption variances. And so here's my suggestion. Look at the monthly and um, annual kilowatt hour consumption. So you look at your electric bill and say, all right, gee, how many kilowatt hours did I use for the year? The, the average in the U.S. is 1,000 kilowatt hours a month. Obviously, it fluctuates from month to month. So 12,000 kilowatt hours a year. Don't look at the dollar amount because... The electric rates change, and you know, typically the electric rates only go in uh, on the average in one direction, and that's up and up and up. And you know, over a ten-year period, the, those rates can go up fifty percent. So I've had customers who have said, you know, gee, I had the system, and and ten years later, and and you know, uh, my bill went up by fifty percent. I'm like, if the system's putting out the same amount of kilowatt hours a year as it was when we installed it, or maybe a tiny bit less, but the electric rate went up by 50%. That's the difference. So always look at the kilowatt hour consumption, not the dollar amount. And, uh, you know, the electric rates change. And then also sometimes people go on different rate plans. So, and that'll obviously have an impact on what your savings are. So we're talking about electric rates and we're talking about the ways in which you're getting billed for your solar system. And a lot of people have Systems that are owned by third-party companies. These are called third-party-owned systems, and that's a that's another TLA for you or three-letter acronym. These are third-party-owned systems, and this is hap- this is what happens when you lease the system or you buy it through something called the power purchase agreement. Basically, someone else, some other company, owns the system on your roof. It's kind of like a mortgage. You know, the the mortgage company owns your house. You just live in it. In this case, the third party owns your solar system and operates it and then bills you on a monthly basis for either kind of the monthly lease payment or they, they reimburse you or bill you for the electricity that the system generates. It's great. It's a great business model, whether it's a lease or PPA, because you don't have to pay that upfront $15,000, dollars $15, $20,000 for the system. And, and it's also good when you hear the sales pitch, because usually they'll say, or they'll always ask, um, you know, mention that all the maintenance is included. Now, the, the thing to keep in mind is there's almost no maintenance, and that's kind of the topic of this show today. The, the solar panels are warrantied for 25 years. The electronics are warrantied for 12 to 25 years. So there's really nothing to do. But you still have, when you have this th- uh, third-party-owned system, whether it's leased or, or a power purchase agreement, you still have 
a lot of maintenance obligations. If you look at your contract, there's going to be a lot of exclusions in there. You are responsible for blah, blah, blah. And we're going to talk about what those things are. So when you have that third-party-owned system, you got to watch it. And if the red light on the inverter goes on and it stops producing power, well, then you, you know, you're going to be economically disadvantaged. The leasing company may not come right out and say, oh, gee, we got to come out and fix that thing. It costs them money to do that, and you're the one that's out the electricity. So you still have to keep an eye on it. Power purchase agreements might be a little bit different because they're, they're trying to guarantee some, some output, but still, keep an eye on it. it I, I've never seen a third-party-owned agreement that included panel cleaning. So you're going to be responsible to keep those panels clean. And, and what's also interesting is, is some companies have output warranties. So they're going to guarantee that the system is going to put out, I'm just going to make up a number, 8,000 kilowatt hours a year. But the fine print in that contract is that means that you must keep the system very clean. You must make sure that there's absolutely no debris accumulating. There's no branches on top. There's no extra shade. You know, think about what happens if they put the system in and five years later a tree grows in front of it. The output's going to go down. So you're going to have to be responsible for the panel cleaning making sure that there's no shade, and making sure that no circumstances come up that's going to, you know, cause leaks. So so always, whether you own it or whether somebody else owns it, you got to keep an eye on that system. And then the other thing to remember is these third-party-owned companies, they run the systems for their benefits. They own the renewable energy credits, and they may also provide grid support services. So they may be operating the system in the future, and this hasn't happened yet, but it will, where they're going to operate the system in the future to provide low-voltage support to the grid or maybe back off the output of the system if there's too much solar on the grid. And, and those are things that may have some impact on your savings. Insurance. It's interesting. The insurance companies used to have no clue at all about solar. Now some companies um, uh, actually add a little bit onto your homeowner's policy if you have solar. Some of the third-party-owned companies also provide some kind of insurance override so that they're going to provide extra insurance. There's a problem. So you want to kind of look into that. My advice is if you put solar in, you should definitely consider what impact that would have on your insurance. My experience personally is when I asked my insurance company about it, they said, oh, you're putting in solar, we're raising your your rates by a little bit. So um, be careful. Maybe you don't want to mention it. And the, the other thing to remember is these systems almost never, ever, ever have an insurance claim on it just because they keep running. I mean, unless your house burns down. But these these things just operate and they don't create extra liability for the insurance companies. Now, I've talked a little bit about panel cleaning. We've done entire shows on this just because it's so important. But but the accumulation of, of dirt and dust can have a big effect. And basically if your panels look very dirty, they probably are. And if it's if you're in an area that doesn't rain, you probably do want to wash it. And just my personal rule of thumb is if you have a big system and they're really dirty and it's not raining, it might be worth cleaning once or twice a year. And uh, whenever you clean it, you want to get up there with a sque- you know, squeegee and an extension uh, pole and a soap and water solution and make sure that's cleaned. Never, ever hose it off because there's minerals in that water and it, and, and it actually could create a, a white mineral film on there that's impossible to get off. So easy to clean. You can have your installer do it or you can do it. So, uh, you know, finally, as, as far as the, the, the net of this is uh, if, you, if you need maintenance or if you need cleaning, 
your installer is going to be there for you. If you can't find your installer, your installer kind of, you know, put a system in 10 years ago is no longer in business. I'm sure there's other local installers that can help out. Your equipment is almost certainly under warranty. So you have no worries there if it's a relatively new system. And these things are, are fairly easy to maintain and repair. And if you don't have solar yet, don't worry. We talked a lot about how trouble-free these systems are. There's lots and lots of qualified installers in every area. And I suggest you pick somebody local because they're going to provide the best long-term service and support. Well, that's all the time we have on this week's Energy Show. Thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in. And if you missed any of today's show, you can go to our website. It's cinnamonsolar.com and listen to the podcasts. (laughs) 